Hi everyone, it's me, Lauren, your creative mentor, and welcome back to another week of the podcast. Now, after following up last week, we're talking about mental health in the workplace this month as creatives, and like I say every podcast, always vet your source when someone's giving you advice so that you're not blindly following someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. Luckily though, I do, and um, this podcast is a result of honestly listening to a lot of you, specifically on TikTok, be really frustrated about these things. And over the last two months, since I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of you, a couple of my videos went viral, and you're probably listening to me because you saw me there or on YouTube. I'm also over there. I do have video versions of this. Hi, welcome to my room. We're still in the 2020, 2021 pandemic. Um, But anyway, this podcast came from um, watching a lot of you be frustrated online and that I actually had a miniature mentorship program that I wrote with the AIGA, which is um, uh, illustration arts um, organization. That's the word I'm looking for in the United States that's across the whole country. I'm not affiliated with them. I just work with them with stuff uh, sometimes. So Um, If you've been following along, we've talked about why um, asking yourself why you get into the creative industry. We've talked about how to make your money, how to know how much money to make, how to negotiate for raises and contracts and things. And this month we're talking about mental health, which is really apropos and relevant because we're in a pandemic. (laughs) And there's actually a lot of talk about like burnout happening sorry if you just hear like a bunch of weird noise in the background I have a chameleon and she's being misted right now um but anyway so with the 2021 pandemic and burnout and all of that stuff um mental health is something in the workforce that's being talked about a lot more and the workforce changes very quickly and oftentimes is catching up with the times. So having a mental health discussion is new in a way. Um, And so today in particular, though, I want to talk about the like weird push and pull we all experience as creatives, artists, poets, you know, visionaries, if you want, if you will. Um, Being a person like that, which is a mindset next to a technical skill set, And working within capitalism, which we're all, especially through the pandemic and listening to each other better on social platforms like TikTok and stuff, and watching how Instagram and Facebook have been working in the ether about it, um, we've been watching how capitalism kind of hurts us and in the ways that it does, and... I know this is a discussion I've been having a lot with my colleagues and fellow designers and things like that about like, why? (laughs) Why do we do this? What do we do? And like, what does this mean? And it's, um, it's kind of a cerebral discussion. It's like a, it's, it's not going to have a definitive answer, but hopefully whatever I end up talking about today like helps frame that in your mind or we can have a discussion about it uh, because it's something I still sift through especially because my job is advertising 
And you could argue that there's a lot of different tactics within advertising that like uh, trigger people's trauma responses. An example being, you know, makeup, hair, all the beauty stuff, the way it can be advertised can be really detrimental to our mental health. And so how do you navigate if you're working in these fields, whether you're the photographer or the designer like I am or the writer, any of that stuff, like how do you navigate your part that you play? Um, I think that's kind of tricky, but there, I think there's something in there. And then also, I think just in general, a lot of creatives have some semblance of guilt that they essentially work for the machine that they're having an opinion about. And I think that's like a twofold thing. You know, I think we assume other people at work don't think about it unless they're like thinkers and creatives. And I just don't think that that's a fair assumption or true. Um, And secondly, you know, what we were told to do versus what's real. Hey, get a good job, go to school. What we were told to do versus what's real is shifting in front of us live. And we all don't really know what that means or how to deal with that. So we're sort of unlearning consumerism, which we were raised to be consumers. We're unlearning grind culture and monetization because it's like, oh, do you draw? You should sell prints on Etsy. Last week we talked about that. Me personally, I'm not interested. Drawing is for me. It's not for anyone else. I do it because I enjoy it. I don't need to do it and sell it and make money off of it. It's a bonus if you can do that or you like to do that. I personally don't. It's totally okay if you do though. But like, that's what I mean. So there's this huge mental push and pull about all of that. And I think we all get so swept up in it. We don't stop and check in with ourselves and ask does this actually make me happy? And if it's not, then what would? And so, I mean, the best way to talk about it is to just talk about it, I guess, and and talk about, like, my view on that. You know, back when I was a younger designer, I kind of just took any job I could get, whether it um, was morally good or not because I just wasn't thinking about it you know and I think that's also just like a reflection of the time it, it was like 2012 <laughs> 2013 um, when I was first starting to work and like you know I've worked in trophy shops which is fine but I also worked in like the fashion label industry which is like super awful for the environment and I wasn't really in a position that I got any say in like the materials or how stuff got made or how people were treated who were making these things. And I think these are the things that people think about when they take a job or work for a company or a brand. And like, I think we're all the the age of transparency is here. You know, we all have access to information. We all can access a company's past. All of that stuff is super relevant and I don't think workers need to feel so like, well, I should be so lucky about it. And that is a privileged thing to say because like we also talked about in the money like section of the month, um, you know, accessibility to wages and positions is totally relevant to 
a bunch of things, however you fall under discrimination laws, clauses, company cultures, etc. But I really want to drive home the idea of like how a company culture works. Because I've worked for companies where you are just a worker, you're not respected for what you do, you show up, you're the worker bee, and that is that. If you have a question or a thought about a diverse model or you know, the way that the story was presented to you that you're pushing out to the customer, if, you, if you're like me and you work making advertisements for goods, or you even manufacture the goods yourself, which is also something I do when I make my pins and my patches and stuff, you know, all of that is off of the labor of somebody else. And marketing to people, am I telling you an honest story? And I consider myself a storyteller more necessarily than a designer because design solves problems, whereas art reflects culture. And like those two different distinctions do start to matter when you start throwing capitalism as a concept into the mix. And so I think all of those are really like high level, complex thoughts and ideas and like when do you sift all of that out you know like on the one hand I want xyz benefits I want health insurance I want job stability I want to be paid for what I do I want to be creative every day I want to be creative in this way every day and then okay what are my options what's available where I live what's possible for me to find what are those companies doing are they conscious in these ways that are important to me if I have an opinion, are they going to at least listen to me? Do I have a seat at the table in a way that I think is important and relevant to me? These are all questions that we ask. And I'm going to be honest with you, there's never going to be a perfect answer. And so it's, it's, I think it's very good to have a high standard for what you will do and what working in capitalism means to you. And on the flip side, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth here. On the flip side, though, you do have to be realistic and you have to decide what you can tolerate and and how that tolerance balances with your work-life need and what you need. Maybe you are in a position where you've been in poverty for a really long time or you have a large family you have to care for or... You need a certain amount of money or health care because you just have a chronic illness that nobody asked for, but it's your reality. These sorts of things are all contributors into going into the thought of like, I'm a creative working in capitalism. What does that mean to me? And I think when you explore that, that'll help you answer more of a question of like well really in real life to be happy every day and to feel fulfilled every day what are what do I think that I need in order to do this and that answer is going to be so different for everybody but even when you are looking at somebody impressive let's assume you're looking at me and my achievements and you're like wow like how impressive. You're doing this, you're doing that, you work for this brand, you work for these people, la 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 la, all that stuff. Let's just assume for the sake of this thought. And then you still have me in this position, you know, doing my thing. 
And I turned to the guy sitting next to me at the desk going like, hey, you know, we're both creatives. We do our own creative thing outside of work. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> we work in advertising and we sell people these things and we sit here and we care about like, oh, this is like a, an item for women. And they made it the color pink. Like, that's stupid, right? Yeah, that is kind of dumb. Like, why are they doing this? Like, we totally sit and have these discussions at companies. And like, you know, even when it comes down to like, being diverse, it's like, oh, okay, like, make this a multiracial ad with models and whatever. And you sit there and you go, oh, yeah, hell yeah, let's get some representation in here. And you look around and you're just like, well, everyone who work here isn't really representative of this ad. Does that matter enough, though? And, like, it's more important that people see a reflection of themselves out in the world in, in general. And this isn't advertising in a way that, like, hurts anyone. It's just making something available as a choice to people. And, like, you know... It doesn't matter what level you're at in your career as a creative functioning in capitalism in this way. They are totally discussions, though, that we constantly have all the time. And depending where you work, you have a seat at the table for that or you don't. And for me personally, I, I it's funny because this came up, I think, sometime this week in some important meeting I was in or something. And uh, I was kind of asked, you know, like, what, what do I think about that? Like, what, how do I, why do I do what I do? And how do I feel about it? And if I had to tell a college student about this, like, what would I say? Or, or something like that. And the thought kind of occurred to me that it's like, you know, I think a lot of people poo-poo designers at a business level when we have proven over and over that being a, a design leader and having considered design and inclusive design ultimately makes a company more successful because it just it broadens your like ability to capture you know consumers at a business level but like knowing that that will always inevitably be true and that I cannot change the fact that capitalism and business exists and that marketing and commerce and blah, 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 their goal, a business's function, a company's function is to capture sales. That will never not be true. So if that's going to be happening anyway, what I get a say in as the person who concepts ad campaigns and makes the work and, and writes the story based on information given to me by the people who create products, my contribution is that I consider that. I consider the disabled person. I considered the people of color. I consider the queer community when I make things and when I... I'm listening to the story I have to tell and instead of just letting unconscious bias from all over the place wash over all of the work, I also as a queer woman, which I actually don't state a lot because personally my queerness is my business, I feel, but as a queer woman, which is relevant to this discussion, I think about that. And I put that in front of me because that is my life and someone asked me to put my perspective here. And that's our biggest superpower as creatives in capitalism 
in my opinion. We can take what our everyday life is, which a lot of us have lived a different life. A lot of us came from nowhere. A lot of us have a queer person in our life or are queer. A lot of us do come from a different perspective that makes us think very introspectively and observe what's happening around us and pay attention to people's behaviors and pay attention to accessibility in everyday you know, situations. That is what a creative's nature is. We look at the world through a completely different lens and more often than not, the lens we're looking through is the most human one. And so in a way, my opinion is when you put a creative person into a capitalistic situation, you've inserted humanity into that situation. Because you can be run by numbers and factors and warehouse and this and that and all the businessy stuff a lot of us run away from us being creatives, a lot of that we run away from and that becomes cold hard facts. And there's a place where cold hard facts exist. But when it comes to capitalism and consumerism and solving problems by inventing products, whatever they are, or selling utilitarian items or clothes or whatever, like capitalism and culture are intertwined whether we like it or not. And so it's my opinion when you put a creative into that situation, you are inserting that observational humanity. And those people who you hire to be in those positions, the marketing, the advertising, the creative, the packaging, the photography, the writing, all of that stuff, you are asking people whose nature and ability are refined and observant and human you're asking them to tell the story to people and capture people now if you keep thinking about it you could circle back around and see where there are problems in that and I'm not going to sit here and say there aren't problems with that because then how do you push that thought into an accessible place and then push it further where it will eventually probably become manipulative in some way. But also, if you're listening to your creatives or you're inviting your creatives to be at the table as a discussion point, these people are going to poke the holes in those stories to prevent that from happening. And then it is also my opinion that if you let that process grow and organically exist in a way that functions for the business and capitalism but also balances what these group of people which is us the creatives are good at then you kind of start building a social responsibility that can be productive for society because society won't change society will reflect what it sees over and over and over and I think advertising in particular, because this is what I've experienced in, advertising in particular becomes a cycle and in a way a conundrum because culture dictates trends and trends dictate, you know, capturing people doing something in a certain amount of time and being on trend and being trendy and cool and selling that. And most people think, that companies are dictating what's cool to them. 
but it can also be the other way around. It's like a chicken and egg thing. And so in a way, like capitalism informs culture, but culture informs capitalism. It's kind of crazy in like really like in depth. And when you're like at a bar with your fellow designer or creative, like this is what we talk about. (laughs) And it's just like super interesting and strange and it's super complex and la 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 and maybe this doesn't make any sense or maybe this does make sense I think it just depends how long you've been like working and drinking from the water cooler essentially but um that's why I I personally think feeling guilty about being a designer or a creative or uh, an illustrator or a photographer or doing something that is inherently capitalistic like being guilty about that you could be you could not even think about it. You could not be a responsible storyteller. All of that exists. But I think within the pandemic, we spent a lot of time with ourselves. We spent a lot of time asking ourselves questions. We spent a lot of time watching people try to unravel these really complex ideas. And quite frankly, like sometimes I wake up and I know I have to go to work and sit in meetings that are like, Here's how the business is. Here's this story I want you to tell. Here's this thing that sounds authentic, but like, is it la la la? And I'm like, I'm solving for all these problems all day and I'm trying to understand and figure it out. And some days it's just exhausting and I'm fed up. But I remember my particular job. I'm like, well, I'm not like, it's not like planes are crashing out of the sky, like Boeing. I see Boeing's office out my window, like... That sucks. The stakes of that job are high. What I do is I'm just trying to inspire and include and and shape what the future of what I do looks like, both from the actual market I work within and then also in the design industry I am a part of. Inevitably, whether I'm meant to be or not, I'm inevitably a part of that. And so I think these conversations about responsibility and creativity and capitalism are like really good ones to have, but they're just kind of like at the end of the day, they just kind of feel like, you know, that party conversation where you're you're like passionately like sloshing your solo cup around, like debating with the other guy you just talked to at the party about the same topic. And it's very interesting to have this discussion with other creatives whether they're super experienced, like way beyond my years at my level or brand new, and then learning and watching how your opinion changes as you experience it personally is very interesting. And I just kind of wanted to bring that up during the mental health month because it feels like an oxymoron sometimes to be a genuine creative person in a capitalistic society because they just don't seem like they should fit. But you can make that relationship a really productive one if you're inclined to. This goes back into what people's nature is like, and it's going to be different for everybody. But I think it's an important discussion to have, and I wish I had had it in school, to be quite honest with you. It would have been so much more interesting to sit in a three-hour class after a critique and talk about where does all this stuff fit in the world, Because in art school, it was just the figurative and thinking, and I call it over the moon, like, thoughts, because it's just like, wow, you went 
up into space talking about stuff I'm barely understanding what you mean because it's so theoretical. And then you went to the moon, which is like talking about being on the moon is so weird. And then you went over the moon because what are we saying? Like, it's just so abstract and theoretical sometimes. And those discussions are productive in school. But it would have been really nice to have a quote unquote abstract over the moon discussion about where artists fit in modern society because I think you can look back at history and point out how art lived it lived as culture it lived as record keeping it lived as propaganda it lived as like all of these things and when you live in a pluralistic society like we do you sell fine art prints. Then you have people like Banksy who were like, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, they were like um, vandals. And now millions of dollars in fine art galleries. Like that's all, that's like the same level of weird to me as being a creative in capitalism. And like, and their art like talks about that. And so it's, it's like we live in a pluralistic society where vandalized art is fine art and, creative thinkers are funneled into like the marketing structure and like we're informing society and we're we're functioning in society and we're moving all of that like culture into packaging things for people to buy it's like a whole thing but the reality is that's just how it is and because of pluralism which is pretty much just like everything is everything that functions the same. This is all relevant to that. And it's like, this is way more of like an enriching art conversation. But like, you know, where does art and creativity fit in society? And if you are a producer of that, where do you belong? And I think that's a question all of us navigate constantly. Do you belong in that on your own terms? Do you belong in that in a way where you want to buy a house and like live your life on your terms and you do that through selling your creative skills by being a creative worker for a company or brand do you do it on your own like what does that look like there are no wrong answers and how that affects your mental state and how you look at your practice all of that's relevant but again there's no final answer and so I just think it's an interesting topic and during the emotional support month I just wanted to bring it up because I think a lot of people sit in isolation with that topic and I've made my peace with it. I found where I fit and it took me eight years to figure it out and I love where I am. I love that I have a seat at the table. I love that I get to productively challenge the people I talk to every day. I love that I can turn around to a fellow creative and be like, what is art? And we all talk about that for 20 minutes instead of the thing we were originally meeting for. And like, I love all that stuff. I really enjoy the discussion. It's where I fit and it's where my mind and what I've studied and what I've spent my whole life like cultivating for myself, they all met in the right place. And I love that for me. And other people will feel like that. Other people will totally hate where I am. And like, that's that's super personal, like this whole thing. So, you know, I just find that very interesting. And I would love to keep this discussion up and talk to other people about it, whether you talk really theoretically or literally about it. It's very fascinating to me. So, you know, I don't really know how to end this podcast, but... <laughs> 
I just think being a creative in capitalism, that is a really relevant topic to navigate kind of your whole life, depending where you live, really. But I'm talking to mostly people in the United States and Canada, it seems. So <laughs> um, I don't really have any advice for that other than explore the question. It's a great th question to explore. And if you have no one to talk to about it, like, reach out to me, man. I'm going to be making TikToks about this. I'm in my comments all the freaking time and I love it. Or you could just head over to my Patreon page, which I bring up all the time. But like literally some of you comment over there and we just like have an entire discussion in the comments section. I love that stuff. I don't get social media notifications to my phone except for Patreon and my email. And I just like love when something pops up and having discussions with all of you. I learn so much from all of you and your questions are so good. I love it. Like I literally wake up in the morning and look at my TikTok comments to see what we're all talking about. And it's why half of them I'm all disheveled. I literally wake up and do this. At lunch, I do this. At night, I do this. I love talking to all of you about this. So I'm so glad you're just like listening and engaging with me because for me, this podcast is what I do to push the design industry forward and try to break down the barriers that exist here and just be like really open about a, the discussions I've had a thousand times with hundreds of people all over the country. And I just want to keep that up and let you all know because you all tell me all the time. I had no idea. Thank you for saying that. I feel less alone because people just don't say this stuff. I'll say it. I'll do it. I do it all the time. I'm a big fat dork about it. So, <laughs> so if you have any thoughts, like, please let me know. Comment on my Patreon or my YouTube videos or my TikTok comments. It's all the creative mentor or the creative mentor podcast. I, I would love to keep talking to you about this. Um, so that's kind of the end, I guess, to be continued later. I hope this was interesting. Um, if you want more information or to get my podcasts like a week early, next week we're going to talk about burnout, which is like a real thing that I've been struggling with this month in particular. I actually almost didn't make this podcast. I'm really glad I did today because I'm, I'm just like really burnt out and I was like studying it today. So we're going to talk about burnout next week. But if you go to my Patreon today and just buy my $2 tier, you can listen to it right now. And um, we'll go over that. I'll have some resources for burnout. And burnout is something that I'm really glad at um, a higher level we're all talking about at work. Um, and I think leaders have a lot to learn about burnout. So if you're a leader and you want to learn, hang out with me for a next week. <laughs> Be on my Patreon. It's $2 a month. You can get all of my podcasts a week early. $7 a month. I do these workbooks. So at the end of every month, the money month just happened. Like that is out. You, I make a workbook where every podcast subject, I just like summarize everything. I'm, it's a live PDF, links that lead everywhere, questions to ask yourself, stuff like that. Just a nice little workbook so you don't have to listen to everything over and over and over and over. And, um, you know, I do have options where like I'll review your portfolio and your resume for you. We can do one on one stuff and talk about your goals. Maybe you're like a little bit lost. I can help put you on a path that will help you and I can share more resources that I have. So if that's something you're interested in, head over to the Creative Mentor Patreon. Otherwise, you can follow me 
on TikTok and all those other places, The Creative Mentor. So I'll talk to you guys all next week and uh, keep thinking. Think on what being a creative in capitalism means to you. And, and I would love for you to share it with me. So hit me up. Let's let's chat.